Second Corinthians chapter 12, <clears throat> where the Apostle is writing to the Corinthians about glorying, and he's told them you know, what, what he was and what he'd endured and, and so forth. So in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 1, he says, It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. <clears throat> so the question is, well, what is the third heaven? Well, the first thing we notice in the passage, it is paralleled with paradise. Uh, and the kingdom is spoken of as the paradise of God in the book of Revelation. Now, I suggest there are two ways of looking at this. One has to do with space or distance, and the other has to do with time. But the end result of both paths is the same. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, where all good things start, and look at the, the space and distance one. So Genesis chapter 1, and verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Now, we use that sort of language in our everyday speech. We talk about birds flying in the sky. And what we mean is the birds are flying in the atmosphere because they, they need the air to support their wings so that they can fly. But we're perfectly comfortable talking about birds flying in the sky. Now go back to verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven give light upon the earth and again in our ordinary everyday language we talk about seeing the stars in the sky or, or the moon rising in the night sky or, or whatever and we use that terminology but when we use that terminology of the sun moon and stars we don't mean the atmosphere we mean outer space much further out so there in Genesis 1 there are two levels of heaven Now turn to Psalm 11 and let's look at what we might call the next level. Deuteronomy 4 incidentally talks about the birds flying in the air. So that, that's clearly what's meant in Genesis 1 verse 20. So Psalm 11 verse 4. Psalm 11 verse 4 Yahweh is in his holy temple Yahweh's throne is in heaven his eyes behold his eyelids try the children of men so Yahweh's throne is his holy temple which is in heaven 
Um, Psalm 8 and verse 1. O Yahweh our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. So now we've got heavens plural, and we've identified two levels of heaven in Genesis. But God's glory is set above all of that. Now add that to Psalm 102 and verse 19. Psalm 102, verse 19. For he, God, hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary, that's the temple that we read about in, um, in Psalm 11, from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven did Yahweh behold the earth. So I suggest there are three levels of heaven here. I mean, when astronomers talk about the size of the universe they don't actually say the size of the universe anymore they say the size of the visible universe the bit that their instruments can detect and they recognize that beyond that is more that they, they cannot investigate and explore and out there or up there if I might express it that way is the throne of God so I suggest there are three levels working from the top the height of heaven, above the heavens where God dwells, the region where the sun, moon and stars are set, and the atmospheric region above the earth where the birds fly. So the Apostle Paul, if it was the Apostle Paul or, or somebody else who he's referring to in 2 Corinthians 12, was brought in vision to the sanctuary of God in heaven. And he couldn't describe it. It was so amazing, so wonderful, so awesome. There were no words that he could put to describe it. So that's the, the space distance one. Now turn to 2 Peter 2 and let's have a look at the time one. Second Peter 3, not 2. So 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. Knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. Now, of course, however big Noah's flood was and I believe it was universal it didn't affect the heavens it didn't get anywhere near the sun, moon and stars but the implication of, of these verses is that the heavens and the earth were overwhelmed by the flood and then in verse 7 the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men and we know that when the judgment of God does fall on ungodly men, neither planet Earth nor the heavens in which the stars and sun and moon are, are going to be destroyed. So when the Apostle by the Spirit writes in verse 13, Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, he clearly doesn't mean a new universe. He means a new order of things 
where righteousness prevails rather than the wickedness of man, which was overthrown in the flood and then subsequently destroyed by fire on another occasion of judgment. So heaven here represents the, the ruling powers of the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Paul, again, if it was he, was taken in vision, as Ezekiel was taken in vision by a lock of his hair to Jerusalem to see the abominations. Paul, or whoever it was who's mentioned in 2 Corinthians 12, was taken in vision into the kingdom and, and saw glories which he could not express in words. So I say, two, two routes to basically the same end. Paul is, is taken forward to the the great climax of God's purpose when his kingdom is established on the earth and ultimately of course Revelation 22, 21 when God dwells with men so that's my suggestions on that one